Welcome to The Filmesteins, the podcast where we discuss all things movies. Join us as we dive deep into the latest releases, revisit classic films, and explore the art of cinema. Whether you're a film fanatic or just love a good flick, we've got you covered. From Hollywood blockbusters to indie gems, we'll be breaking down the storytelling, cinematography, and everything in between. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and get ready for some cinematic magic. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash filmesteins. We offer tiers at the $1, $5, and $20 level where the five dollar tier grants the ability to request films for future episodes this is the film of science where movies are more than just entertainment they're an experience and welcome back to another episode of the film of science thanks for tuning in and thanks for listening to all of our other episodes over there in korea netherlands brazil canada thank you for giving our audience a little diversity thank you Diverse people. <laughs> God knows we need more diversity in the United States. At least ideologically, right? Man, ain't that the truth. I am joined today by my very bright friend, Lucy. Oh, that one's my favorite so far. Yep, I had that one locked and loaded. Did you? Yep. <laughs> was, this one's easy. <laughs> you can join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for great episodes, including things like... Insidious, The Red Door, Elemental, No Hard Feelings, Teenage Kraken, Teenage Kraken, yes, of course, we're going to start just to name the last few, Her, of course, Spike Jones, Her, but today we have a very, um, much like maybe the motto of the podcast, we have a very lukewarm episode for you here, about a very lukewarm movie, Sunshine, Danny Boyle's Sunshine, the famous Danny Boyle. Is there a non-famous Danny Boyle? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there is. All right, Danny Boyle, if you're hearing this. <laughs> He's the famous one. This one's the famous one. I want the famous one to hear it. Tell us why he made this movie. Yep. I know he went on to make that weird... What if the Beatles just left everybody's mind and in any in every conceivable way, um, ethereally, kind of conceptually and materially... The Beatles just left everyone's mind except within one person. And then they they just happened to love the Beatles and know all the songs. And they recorded, were able to record all of the Beatles songs and let the world re, relive through the Beatles phenomenon. I think it's called Yesterday. I think, I think that's what that film's about. Maybe naming, I may be describing a film that I dreamt up, though. I don't know. That sounds like a fever dream. That does and a dumb like idea. <laughs> so <laughs> it could go either way. With that, but yeah, of course, we are talking about the so-called cult classic, right? It's kind of, sort of. I don't know if that. It doesn't mean it's good. I would say, but it's, it's got a weird following. That's not a good way to describe. It's got a weird, um, it's got a weird like justification. It's not a following. It's got real this weird energy of like you just don't understand. You know, if you would, if you would just understand, you would love this movie. It's kind of got that going th- going for it. I'm just. I um I don't know. I'm kind of I feel like I'm kind of a prime target for this film. You kind of are too in some sense because you like science fiction just as a premise. Uh and film it's doesn't really pay off very often, I would say, for either of us. I like I would think I would like science fiction and premise too because it usually deals with politics and some kind of philosophy and just puts the human condition on its head in some capacity. And uh this film maybe does in some sense but it's 
it just becomes a very messy early 2000s film that's boring as shit. Yeah, this movie was boring and a bit confusing at parts. And probably some of that boringness led to sleepiness and confusion. (laughs) Sleepiness. Also sleepiness. But maybe some of the bits that weren't meant to be confusing confused me because I was bored and just couldn't get in the right mindset to watch this film. I mean, I guess it starts with the dialogue being just so just... I'm not sure. Maybe... Maybe you can help me here, but I'm not sure. Did this dialogue suck or was it just so nothing that it just, it, yeah, it just didn't give me, it wasn't giving me the proper, I don't know, rundown of the situation that I needed. What is, what What was wrong with this dialogue? Why was the dialogue putting me to sleep? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was the di- the dialogue. I, I don't think it was the characters. The characters were okay. You know, there were. There weren't any exceptional performances, but I don't think there was quite anybody who was weak. And, you know, the dialogue and even the set designs were okay. They were okay. Nothing exceptional, but nothing weak. But I think it was just the plot it was kind of like, meh. It was kind of one note. Yes. And just how can you deliver a one note plot through the dialogue when it's just one note, you know, like how, how are you going to do that? And I think, you know, there, there was some thought that went into this film and based off the wiki page and a little bit of research, they did do the research. They did, you know, hire physicists to work with, uh, for what reason? I'm not sure. (laughs) What? But they did. Yeah, they sure did. Cool. And, you know, did his research on, I don't know, sun shit, planet shit. I don't know. But he seemed like he tried. But it obviously wasn't enough. You obviously didn't take what you learned and just delivered it into the movie. Maybe you spent too much time researching unnecessary physics here. Yeah, we're just on... It's it's easier said than done, I guess. But we're just on a trajectory towards... The sun with a very, you know, that's pretty much the only real kind of physics we have going on here. Other than, I guess, the, uh, you know, the conditions of being out in space and being close to the sun. And those kinds of small little details. But as far as, like, the ship and how it, and what it's pushing with the the payload, I guess, and its protective yeah. little mirror thing, or large mirror thing. It's very uh, science fiction all of a sudden, so it doesn't really... The physics of it doesn't really matter all that much. Yeah, it doesn't need to make sense. Mechanically, it doesn't need to make sense in one lick. Yeah. yeah. And then you have this you know, idea that all of a sudden now you need two payloads, two bombs for some reason. Two bombs is going to make it better. I don't know. Yeah, the interest. So what happened? What made them? Because maybe I'm just an idiot, but what made them want to go see the first Icarus? Like, what what put them on the actual trajectory? Because I know someone made a bad decision and it kind of cost them a little more time and resources. And so now they had the exact amount of time and resources to potentially get to Icarus 1 and it could, they could, it could help. 
but it ended up really just not mattering. They still made it to the sun. Yeah, I think the point to going back to Icarus 1 was, A, it was a distress call. So maybe there were still potentially some, you know, people that were alive to re- that needed rescuing, potentially. And then there was the the other payload. And that's what I'm saying. Okay, now you need two bombs? Really? Do you need two? But I guess their thought was two is better than one, right? And then some of the resources that they used on Earth to make this payload were very rare. So you need to go get it? I don't know. I, that that was their their idea behind that. And then the guy, I think his name was Trey. He, um, which oh, I don't understand this point. He miscalculated the trajectory to go to Icarus 1 by not calculating in the fact that when they turned or something, some of the panels and some of the, I don't know, were going to get exposed, sun exposure, and get damaged. He didn't like calculate that into his trajectory, which nobody double-checked his work. No, What about Icarus, like, the computer, is it, whatever she is? It is. She didn't help him calculate this. She knew at the end there that there were five people aboard the ship, so she knows stuff. She's smart. She's involved, but she didn't tell him, like, hey, don't forget to calculate when you turn that this shit is going to get damaged over here. Oh, great idea. Or you didn't get the physicist dude to, you know, kind of plan with you here? No? You just, everyone just relied it on one guy? Yeah, when the grunt calculations go bad, when you have a an AI-type mother computer over it all, it kind of makes it look... It kind of makes it really stupid. I'm not... I'm, I don't like it. Or that the computer is the bad guy. Yeah, okay, would, yeah. If you would have gone there, that would have made sense. That yeah. would have made a lot of sense. They couldn't go that, down that route, though. But no, they didn't go down that route. Because I think Danny Boyle referenced... Or I should say, I think Danny Boyle cited Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey as being a major inspiration in the, for this film. And Okay. Which is just another one of those things where it's just, what film we were going hard on where they they referenced something, one of the, some of the greats and Teenage Kraken? I think so. I think it was Teenage Kraken. Yep. It's just, this movie's not as bad as Teenage Kraken by any stretch of the imagination, but it just, it's a little bit icky. When you say stuff like that, when your movie is just, it's just not even, like, it's just not very good. Like, you know, if it was okay, if it was, like, pretty good, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. I guess I don't really have a problem with it now, I don't really give a fuck, but it's just, it feels like you're a little, I guess that's, like, by definition, kind of pretentious, right? Like yes. You're, you're trying to feed this further narrative, you're trying to further this narrative that 2001 A Space Odyssey kind of fit uh you know initiated or kind of helped feed in the beginning uh not literally contextually but just like in an artistic sense but your craft your direction is is not on the same level and so like it's not even you really you're kind of embarrassing yourself bringing stanley kubrick into the fold or scott ridley or or ridley scott excuse me (laughs) i always mix the two his first and last name up i don't know why 
it's weird. Does that you get a weird feeling when people do that? Yeah, it's almost like when I bring that up because in 2001: A Space Odyssey, the AI goes bad. That's why, oh, okay, that's why I brought that yeah, up. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. But it's almost like when people are like fishing for compliments, in a way. Ah, mm. uh, no, because uh, that's not a good example. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But it's it is weird. It, it those kinds of things can only be said by other people, other critics, to you, and even then, you know that's questionable. But you you can't say it about yourself, first of all. Well, I mean, I think you can, but you just don't say it. Just put it on the film. It's yeah. It's like a, there's only very specific situations where it's tasteful to bring it up. Otherwise, you come across like you're one of these guys when only history can really tell you that for yeah. sure like what you said what, what, like you were kind of getting that for sure you know it takes many generations of critics to kind of you know kind of plant you into that space but it is just you can cite you can be inspired by alien and want to make a film that's kind of pulls on some alien sensibilities and stuff through set design or motherhood or or the creature right or the cosmic horror kind of elements, but I, you, I mean, you just you got to be kind of careful because it you set yourself up for an interesting kind of flavor of failure and embarrassment. I think, and I think Danny Boyle kind of did that here. I don't like that. I don't like. I, I, I would never do that as a filmmaker. Kind of cite my inspirations. It's, it's just, it's too, and maybe it's a little bit different when it comes to filmmaking. But when, like, when it comes to writing, it's. Which is not too far removed from filmmaking. That's the big, the big element of filmmaking is writing. <laughs> so right, but it's it's very intimate, you know, personal, just internal thing, right? That is, you're putting your mind on paper and pigeonholing you into Stanley Kubrick or David Lynch or something. Just kind of just makes me go. Ooh. I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. No. I I completely understand. It's just. I don't know. It lacks tact. Not to sound like a, like I'm all on my high horse of what art should be, I guess. But it shouldn't. It's not this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, okay, the plot was just meh. The editing. Well, hang on. The pl- so. This plot is praised a little bit, right? Okay. It, but it's why it's it's very one note they've got a mission they get they get distracted i guess for the most part right they make some bad calculations you know they kind of help a movie happen but it nothing feels like it i don't know what i'm saying yeah why why is the plot praised here why what's exceptional is it the plot twist at the end with uh what's the plot twist with Pinbacker, all of a sudden there's five people on the ship now. You know that that's one. That was one goal they were trying to accomplish. You know, getting that's true. You know, they three, four people, however many people they needed, so they could have enough oxygen to at least get to deliver the payload. That's true. It's decent setup, and then they get have that reveal. And then there's you know the reveal reveal with Pinbacker still on the ship. How do you get on the fucking ship? Do we know that? Did they say that? Um, no, but I guess it was implied that he caused the like uh, improper kind of detachment and it fucked everything up. 
So yes. he must have just walked in, basically. Don't know how that just happens. Exactly. Don't know. Did... I, I, I don't know how. Because we lost who? We lost Harvey and the other dude. I don't remember his name. <laughs> this is what happens when you have so many characters with such little character. Their names are kind of... They don't, yeah, they don't stick out. I think his name was Searle, if I'm saying Searle. it right. Okay. He was the one that was like obsessed with the sun. I think the opening scene is the one with him and the sun trying to yeah. stare at it. I don't know his obsession there, but we lost him because he couldn't get on the ship. We lost Harvey because he went floating out into space and didn't make it, which is probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, that was that was a cool part. Yeah, and but... This dude just strolled in. It se- sure seems like a and nice going, Icarus. Sab- yeah, exactly. He started sabotaging the ship when then they thought it was Trey. So they were about to murder this dude. What? That that that. And then just the whole end was just it was it wasn't great. I was just confused on where Pinbacker was. What did he already murder everyone? The girl Cassie was fighting him, but. We didn't have this, you know, back and forth suspense between Pinbacker and Cassie versus Kappa trying to, I guess, um, manually detach the payload. I don't. I, I was a bit confused there. What was going on there too? Because all of a sudden Icarus wasn't working. Who fucking knows? I don't know. I kind of liked the obsession with the sun because it reminded me of the lighthouse with William Defoe and Robert Pattinson, Robert Egger film. And because there's a little bit of that happening in the lighthouse where the characters become, or at least one of the characters is weirdly obsessed with the light of the lighthouse. And so we saw a little bit of that happen here. I'm sure that there may be some kind of parallel between the two. I'm sure, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure the lighthouse was not inspired by this film, but you know, some, something kind of predating the two, but I kind of was kind of into that. And I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of a, lose your mind movie that would have been cool yeah i think that would have gone i wish i wish the movie was on icarus one instead of icarus two and then icarus two eventually shows up but we're still you know icarus one is our main character and so we're kind of seeing pinbacker do his daily thing and these new scientists are his antagonists trying to take him away from his son and trying to re re rejuvenate it I, i don't know so the editing yeah, man, the editing is probably top tier as far as trash goes. Yeah, I can't believe, and I know this is a major product, it's, and how they look. You know, we can't Cillian Murphy with that hair and shit. You know, oh very early two thousands. Yes, he 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 glowed up. I must say, fifteen years later, I feel like he's he's kind of he started to fit his skin a little better. He's still. This this editing is it's unbelievable, man. It is the most nauseating nonsense I've ever fucking seen in my life. It's 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 probably one of the great examples of early two thousands editing, actually. The greatest examples of what not to do from the early two thousands. Well, there's a lot. Yeah, you don't <laughs> you don't you don't make films. Like you did in the early 2000s. It's just you you avoid that. There's only one great film to come out of the early 2000s, and that's Shrek and Shrek 2. I guess a couple, a, a duo of films. It's probably about it, right? And Mean Girls. 
Yeah. But like that 2004 to 2008 or 9 maybe, we just, you don't look at movies from that era. That was a real interesting growing pain era for for movies. I'm not sure what happened there. But the, uh, the editing, see, when you hear about things like Bohemian Rhapsody winning an Oscar for best editing, you just have to think, wow, the people who voted on this must have all formed their idea of what good editing looks like from the the late aughts, <laughs> 2004 to 2008, 9, kind of, because it's just, it's trash. It's so bad. I don't know how this is acceptable, how this was acceptable, how it still continues to be in small little ways. Even, man, even a chaotic, claustrophobic film like Ambulance, the new um, Michael Bay film, where they're in an ambulance, almost the entire film is less chaotic than this editing. You know, we're in a small, in the ambulance, you know, how big's an ambulance? What, maybe 10 by 6 feet? Yeah. Yeah. It's a small little space, and you'd expect quick editing or quick cuts and just weird, just, just a fucking mess inside the ambulance. But man, that film is infinitely better edited than this film. And we had a whole motherfucking like space cabinet you know <laughs> yeah a whole we had like a fucking mansion of us you know it's a big place it's a spaceship you know it's nice and, and you which is nice it's definitely the best part of the film probably right yep and you know in the in the the even though it's a one note premise the premise isn't the isn't completely terrible you know trying to kind of reinvigorate the sun it's it's fun but we just you need a little bit more we're missing the the character study, I feel like. It's kind of an important part of a lot of sci-fi. And just, and I know I've, I've read somewhere on the Wikipedia or something that there's some kind of balance of science and faith happening here. And if you look at the Wikipedia, it separates physics and science, which is fucking yes. weird. So, physics, physics is the ultimate science, first and foremost, all right? Everything else is fucking derivative. And, but I just, how do you, how do you stand by a balance of science and faith when your faith-based people are off their fucking chain. <laughs> One's murdering people. The the one the main one, the main dogmatic motherfucker is murdering people. I don't I can't Okay, I'm not on his side. Yep. He's killing sure. my, you know, random people. He doesn't even know these people for one. It's just a game, you and know. It's implied that he sabotaged the first ship, right? Icarus One. Is it? I thought so. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I guess I don't know, but I thought it was, and he started mur- murdering them. If it is, if it is him who sabotaged them, that's where he started. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, uh, it's it's. I wish we could have, cause. <sighs> You can't have this balance of science and faith without having extreme amounts of character because science and faith are both products of human beings, right? Especially the faith, right? We're, we can't have our stories yep. and our Aesop fables without human beings there to tell them. Science, of course, is just a modeling system of the natural world, right? But you can't have your model without humans to do the work. And so it, we're missing an important piece to the puzzle, I feel like, here. And it may just be a personal, 
problem with this film, I guess, but I, I feel like, I almost feel like there's, there's a blueprint of a movie here, but we're missing the other half, you know? We've got an outline, we need the, we've got an outline of every other kind of point, and we're just, we, we forgot that there's humans on board, and that there's, hum, you know, it's a mission that needs, it's, that's going on here. Yeah. Because there's something here I like about it, but uh, it's it's kind of a frustrating film to get through and boring as shit, no doubt. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. There's something there that I like. I just can't put my finger on it. And, you know, not to mention the, um, you know, the editing was, it was awful. Uh, what was up with those images that would just kind of, it was like random images of the cast. Or the crew, I guess. It was like Exorcist style. Yeah, and it was just flashing. Like, what am I supposed to be feeling with I these images? Know. I'm just confused. I don't think I'm supposed to be feeling confusion. And then the pacing of this film wasn't great. The um, the score and the foley, like it was just, it was bad. I, what was up with the sound of the? I think it was the distress call sound. It. It didn't make me feel distressed. It made me feel stressed that it was so bad, but just sounds that, you know, this the spaceship would make or that certain things would make, I it just it it just didn't go. And again, is that part of the, you know, two thousands editing? Man. I'm I, I'm I gotta say yes, for sure. It was, it was rough. such a rough period of yeah. time, man. I'm glad we're not trying to do a podcast in in those years. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have much to say besides we'd be talking about older films <laughs> exclusively. Yeah, some of the films that came out in 2007, close to this film, were um, No Country for Old Men, Zodiac, Ratatouille, Transformers, one of the Harry Potter movies, The Order of the Phoenix. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Resident <laughs> Evil, Extinction. Extinction, okay. Yeah, Extinction, sorry. Extension. Yeah. <laughs> Resident Evil, Extension. Although that'd that's be the cool. next one. Yeah, that's the next one. Uh, the Simpsons movie, did I say that? Oh, ah, The Simpsons movie. Yeah. I saw that in theaters. I did too, I did too. So, you know. That's actually a decent right. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially No Country for Old Men. It's one of my favorite films. Probably, probably top five. One day I'll tell you all my top five. I already know all your top. What are they? Say them. Five. <gasps> no. no. No, no, no. I gotta think about it. Oh, okay. I'm sure I know them. That's what I meant to say. So, you know, not not too terrible. Not too terrible of a year. And then you come out with this. What happened? At least there wasn't any forced romance down our throats, which I thought there was going to be with uh, Cassie and Kappa. I thought they were going to go somewhere with that, and they didn't. And I'm so glad, because that would have just made this film worse than it was. So good job there. Good call. Yeah, that's a good good call. And I'm glad that they're aware enough, smart enough, filmmakers, storytellers, to know that because they have such a lack of character, you can't just all of a sudden bring in a very, very character, dramatic thing. <laughs> you can't just connect the two. I did see that they, Danny Boyle wanted, or I guess forced, loosely, his, uh, the cast to hang out 
for like 14 months or something like that. And did they? And to do things. Well, I don't, I mean, I wasn't there, but they, (laughs) I missed the invite. (laughs) But I, I I assume they did and they were supposed to read and watch other movies that kind of inspire the, you know, communal, communist nature, lowercase c, I guess. And that's kind of cool. Like kind of a forced method acting way, which I don't know. I don't think it showed here. No, because there's no character. Yeah, there's no character. So there's that's just you. You wasted their time. Yeah. Hopefully they had fun hanging out with each other, but you just wasted everybody's time. Yeah. And you have such a great cast here. <laughs> I know these aren't. Yeah. You know, some of them are aren't as big as they are now. You know, especially with uh, Michelle, Yo, Yo, and, and Cillian. Yeah, and our boy Cillian. And of course, Rose. Uh, yeah, and Rose. So yeah. we know their potential now, but you know, I'm sure they had potential then too. You just, if you're not, if you're not directed, and you're not given a proper character, they can only do so much. It's very true. Yeah, my favorite part of the movie was probably when they sent Kappa, when they all kind of sent, they all just launched them way there. They, they launched themselves out to try to reconnect with the, the main crew and, you know, the, the outfits, the gold space mm-hmm. outfits cool and everything. And one of them gets knocked off and he flies off and freezes and, and, and bursts into flames. That, that was probably the coolest part. That was my yeah. favorite part. Yeah, that really was. And I, I did like the very end where he was on like the cube thing. It's really cool looking and yeah, minus Pen Decker, whatever his name is, Pinbacker. Yeah, Pinbacker. Yeah, it, that was just awkward and weird. But I liked <laughs> the whole get up inside the the payload and them them falling off the edge and that was cool. Yeah, that was fun. But yeah, the uh the Pinbacker thing was all right. Yeah, like, how are you still alive, dude? Like, seven years out there, first of all, in Icarus 1, and then you're, 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 you're burnt, you're crisp. He's eating the bamboo. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that scene where, um, Kappa, like, tears his skin off. Mm-hmm. He, like, degloves him. But he's still alive, he's still cool. Alright, alright, here's, here's the sci-fi element? I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, I I wouldn't recommend this film to anybody. Yeah, I wouldn't either. What did you think about the the kind of all for one, one for all kind of attitude where they were sort of like you know this we got a every anything for the payload, although that didn't really seem to be didn't always work out that way because they kind of were like you know let's see what's up with the Icarus. I don't. I don't even fucking know what's going on in this movie, but there was. Yeah, yeah I would have just been like, no, we're not. Stick to your, you know, uh, who was it? Captain America. His character was like, no, stick to the mission. Yes, I'm with you. Stick to the mission. Oh, we don't have enough oxygen and we need to sacrifice some people. Dude, I'm already killing Trey off before the question is even brought up. You know, like, I'm, we're not about to do this shit. Why do we need two bombs? I don't know. We don't need two bombs. Let's just get there, deliver this shit, get back. Boom. 
we wouldn't have lost the captain. Uh, well, we lost all the crew, really. We lost everybody. So it doesn't matter whether we lost the captain first or not. <laughs> we, but we wouldn't have lost anybody, hopefully. Is it stupid that this happens so, like, in the near future? From the time of making the film, I think it happens, like, 50 years out. Now about 35, 34. Because we know we, you know, we are um, very certain of our sun lasting several billion more years. Should it have taken place in the, you know, far flung future? Yes, definitely. Because it's like what twenty fifty something that it's supposed to take place. No, I'm still alive then. Hopefully, Earth is not frozen. Because that that was the thing, right? That yeah, it was frozen. Yeah, it was frozen. Because at the end, we saw um, Kappa's sister with the little boy. And it just lit up. I mean, I didn't, you know, I I don't know what I was expecting, but it just, boop, like a light bulb. It's just like, all right, that, cool. that's that's how we ended this. I, I appreciate the lack of drama, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty consistent, minus the murderer walking about, but yeah. Yeah, well, man, I'm sorry that this film was has ruined our recent high. Yeah, but what did we expect from... A 2007 film. A 2007 science fiction film. Yeah. Nothing. I didn't expect more than what I got. So my my expectations weren't ruined. My expectations were, I guess, a, t- a tinge a bit higher because it's got a relatively high score on Letterboxd. And it's like considered this cult classic and like this misunderstood movie. And I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here for that. Let's see. And so I'm just like, after, after the fact i'm like um yeah i can see why this movie didn't make any money <laughs> yeah uh don't give me that bullcrap about all these science fiction films being misunderstood i saw that guy trip an alien after that i was like nope <sighs> yeah it's unfortunate you're not tricking me yeah this movie went on to make 32 million dollars 32 million dollars yeah. well of, my budget guess my budget guess was fifty million, so either Oh snap. It didn't make anything or I'm way off. Well the budget says it costs on the Wikipedia it says forty million. So you're not Ooh. terribly far off. Which I was gonna go a bit higher, but I don't know why I was gonna go a bit higher. Yeah, it's I I I was there with you. I probably would have said about fifty million because that feels right. Forty million. Damn, Definitely didn't, didn't make money. They didn't make anything. <laughs> Hate it for him. You know, that's why Danny Boyle's making cheesy ass. What if the Beatles just left our <laughs> the public consciousness? Except one. What a high concept that is, Danny Boyle. Oh, Literally. That's it. He was high. He was high. He was high. Maybe. Well, thank you for Danny Boyle for making a lukewarm movie for our lukewarm podcast. We'll just change our name for you. We're going to be the lukewarm podcast. That's actually not a bad name. The lukewarmers. I like that. The lukewarmers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you for watching this film with me, even though it wasn't great. But You're welcome. I'm glad we didn't uh, give up. Yeah, there was film. a minute there where I said... Um, are we, we can back out. We can, you know, this could just not be, <laughs> this could just not be next. 
and never recommitted. I do have a few rapid fire questions for you for today. You do? I do. Oh, thank you. But we'll see how it goes because this was very lukewarm. Are you ready? I'm ready for your questions. All right. Space or underwater? Space. Space? Yeah. I'm going underwater. Yeah, I would do anything to be on some kind of space mission. One way ticket, hopefully. You should have been in this movie. I mean, that would be pretty cool to be on a mission to prolong the state of the sun for a little bit longer. Right. Science fiction films or romantic films? Romantic films. Oh, me too. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a lot of good science fiction out there. All right. Sun exposure death or freezing death? Sun exposure, like the one, like in the movie. Yeah, like in the movie. Yeah, sun exposure. Yeah, or being frozen. Yeah, sun exposure. Yeah, I think I'd pick that too. I'd rather be super hot than to freeze. Also, this one might the sun exposure one might be quicker. Well, they seem to die real quick here than freezing, but then your body might be preserved. So that'd be kind of cool. But I'm going sun too. All right. Atomic bomb explosion from Oppenheimer or this payload bomb thing explosion. <laughs> the Oppenheimer bomb. Yeah, that one's not, <laughs> that one's not too hard, is it? Yeah, that's the visuals in that movie are pretty much unmatched. all right cliffhangers or plot twists um cliffhangers yeah over plot twists yeah i'm not a plot twist person other than m night Shyamalan plot twists but even time those are often you know not the best part of the movie you're not a (gasps) person (laughs) no i like because a cliffhanger can be you know that kind of interpret the ending for yourself kind of thing and but I'm, I'm I'm all about that. Nah, cliffhangers make me mad. I'm definitely a plot twist person. I love some good plot twists. I love, I love gasping during plot twists. It's like, oh shit, I was not expecting this. <laughs> and cliffhangers, maybe I'm still sore on the um, across the Spider Verse cliffhanger there. That nah, fuck them. Alright, well, thank you. Oh, those were good. Thank you for those. (laughs) And thank you guys for listening to this episode of The Film of Steins. We had a mildly fun time talking about this film today. We'll go back to better and greater films soon, we promise. You promise. Don't forget you can request any film at any point on our Patreon at patreon.com slash filmofsteins. For the five tier subscribers and up. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for leaving nice reviews and comments on social media and other, and each of the podcast platforms. Until next time, take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of The Film of Steins. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on our cinematic journey. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained some new insights and perspectives in the world of movies. 
Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash filmasteins and follow us on social media for more film-related content. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, movie recommendations, or book recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. Until next time, keep watching and keep loving the magic of movies. This is the Filmasteins signing off.